I've come to realize that, and maybe this is not necessarily the most like um, fun way to start the show. Okay. But like, I always have weird dreams about like communal spaces, usually like movie theaters, um, concerts, and as you know, because we talked about this one episode, um, mm-hmm. hockey arenas. <laughs> yes. So, of course, you remember the infamous uh, hockey dream from the episode of Adrian Has Issues, which yes. you should check out at AdrianHasIssues.com. <laughs> um, but I guess the new one is basically my dreams consisted of things that I feel like my brain is trying to like rate a horror movie and is bad at it. <laughs> like here are things that would probably spook Adrian, but they're very hyper specific. So it's like losing, you know, accidentally losing the kids in like a crowded mall. It's like, okay, that's pretty terrifying. So, all right, cool. Check. Uh, two, um, having a really bad outing, like bad having a falling out with a friend. Okay. That's three. But the third one that's like hyper specific is being forced to go to a hockey game of a really bad expansion team. <laughs> and Don't make me first... go to a Columbus Blue Jackets game. I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the weirdest part because I'm like the first two like nightmares, whatever. I was like, okay, this is, you know, the first one being the worst. And it's like, all right, the falling out is bad, but like, yeah. okay, maybe not the worst one, but like with the hockey one, I'm like, okay, now you're just messing with me, Brad. Now you're just being <laughs> a dick at this point. God forbid you have to spend money to see the 1992 Tampa Bay Lightning team. <laughs> no, but that's the worst. Oh, wow. Hey, they were really bad. It's fine. But it wasn't even like a, an established expansion team. It was a no-name team that quite literally just formed. Like, And I'm not even joking, the day before. Because they go to the game because I'm thinking we're going to go see the Devils play. And then it's like, no. This is, I don't even know what the name of the team was. And their uniforms look like District 5 from like the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> and I literally say to the guy next to me, when did this team get formed? He's like, yesterday. <laughs> and like, he smelled of like alcohol. So I'm thinking he's drunk. And I'm like, wait, are you serious? He's like, no, I'm absolutely 100% serious. Like this team just formed yesterday. Uh, there hasn't been any hockey, so they kind of scrambled together something. And then I'm thinking, like, well, a lot of us are here, so we're unsafe. But oh well, it's hockey. And then like the you know the attendants take us to our seats. And what is it with me in hockey games where the seats are like folding chairs, like it's a wrestling match? <laughs> like, is this a thing? Like, maybe this is the the worst way to start a show. But I'm like. First off, we were in the nosebleed section. Of the course. teams were terrible. But for some reason, when they decided to fight, they decided to, the both team members decided to walk out into like our section. Then once they realized that they were there and everybody was able to see them, they started brawling. And I'm like, what is this? I'm just imagining like two hockey players being like, all right, wait a second. And then like walking up the stairs out of the arena or like out of the, the main section, like taking the escalators up to the nosebleeds and then like walking down and like standing in front of you and being like, all right, game on. And then like <laughs> punching right? each other. They're, in like, the face. <laughs> they're like, look, I'm sorry that these seats are not great and <laughs> they don't get to get a close up look at the action. So, you know, what? we're going to go out to where they are and fight. And then I thought about it for a nightmare. These are the two most thoughtful hockey players ever that they waited. <laughs> To get to our section so that way we can properly see the fight. Right? Normally when you like sit in the nosebleeds, like all you get are the like the free pizzas and shit. They do those giveaways up there. You get free pizzas in the nosebleeds? I know with the the lightning games, they would do like the like intermission games would usually be up in the nosebleeds, like to kind of make you feel better about being in the nosebleeds first off okay this definitely is uh ringing true to completely different regions because in new york and new jersey if you're in the nosebleeds they're like my bad don't be broken by better people this time. <laughs> tri-city class warfare <laughs> right like honestly i feel like anyone who's been to a hockey game and has been in the nosebleeds and has heard the like people in like the season ticket holders yelling at you for being too loud. That might be the original parasite. 
Like, that movie could have also won Best Picture. There is some of that, though, at least in Tampa. But it's normally, oddly enough, it seems to be more so prevalent when it's playing against, like, Canadian teams or, like, Original Six teams. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag Original Six doesn't exist. (laughs) The Lightning generally just seem to be happy that they filled a building. Right? (laughs) They're like... People want to come see us. Yay. Here's pizza. Right? There's a beach 20 minutes away, but you came here. Here's some Papa John's. (laughs) Oh, man. God, I don't even... (laughs) And yet, and of course, because it's me, I did look for the car. And the car was not there. And I kid you not, that's when I realized this was a nightmare. Not the expansion teams, not the family part, or the, the other weird interaction with the fact that there was no car. And I immediately woke up and rushed to get started today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll the theme song and let's forget this ever happened. You are listening to Talking Like a Team, the podcast where we have a tendency to rush back into our past. I'm super cool podcast sounding guy, not Adrian. (laughs) I'm also not Adrian. Now that we have that established, how are you today? (laughs) I'm fine now that Adrian's not here. (laughs) Wow. All right. Uh, <laughs> was it the hockey story did that would that chase you away where you're like i can't with this all right i put up with a lot with adrian and as someone who talks to him on a fairly regular basis that's too far yep that's a weird hockey nightmares can't take it anymore i'm out <laughs> honestly i'm like these are usually the better type of nightmares and it's not like oh my gosh like someone's chasing me or oh no grady's doing unspeakable act while i'm tied up grady's like no dead. they're just oh that's right rest so, in peace grady <laughs> it's the zombie of grady which makes it worse sorry I that i say, flushed this out um, further jesus lord no help me because <laughs> i liked him fine when he was just alive and creepy but can you imagine that undead don't speak it into being. I think we just rule 34 it. Oh, I'm pretty sure it exists, but oh. but that dream just only shows I miss hockey so much. Right? The Blues have been doing, um, like, one year ago today and, like, going through their playoff run last year. And, like, it makes me sad. <laughs> it bums me out. I'm here this year, and, of course, there's no hockey, so. Though I cannot understand, and this is something I feel like should have happened. EA Sports and the NHL should have found a way to basically make... Cause, okay, so did I ever send you that, art- that article or that tweet about the season finale of The Blacklist? Yes. Okay, so just real quick preface. Because of, you know, COVID-19 and the lockdown and things like that, and basically most, you know, productions have been shut down, shows haven't been able to record their finales as they normally would. So I know there's like a show on CBS All Rise that they did theirs like via Zoom and they kind of like worked it into the plot line. It's like a courtroom show. So basically it was like something happens to the courts. We all have to be home. So we basically had to preserve this court case via Zoom, which is odd, but it's like, you know, that kind of makes sense. Sure. In a weird way. Like at least they worked it into the storyline, but uh the blacklist, the, the Jane Spader show, they decided to animate the season finale. <laughs> and when this goes up, I'll post a link to the video, like inside the, the show notes. But my God, like if they use like, I don't even know what technology it is. It's like someone had to watch the scanner darkly poorly. It, so watching the, the like teaser trailer for it, it made me think of 
L.A. Noir, the Rockstar yeah. game from like forever ago, but like not the the remastered one that we have now that like looks okay, but like the original one for like PS3 where like the technology was new, so it looked really cool, but at the same time it was very like uncanny valley and very upsetting. <laughs> It was very upsetting, but God, I love that game. Looks like that animation, but like Xeroxed a little bit, so it looks grainy and shittier. (laughs) But it's so wild. I'm like, but I feel like that's honestly what organized sports like baseball and well, mainly hockey, because I feel like it worked better. Where could you imagine like the hockey league playing the rest of the the season in like NHL like 20 or something? Or twenty one. I know certain teams were doing like simulated games. No, but I want them like actually playing the games, <laughs> like having them play themselves. <laughs> they had um, Ov play Wayne Gretzky on NHL oh. twenty. Uh, oh no! I didn't watch it, but I'm pretty sure that Ov like handed it to Wayne on account of you know. Because it's like Gretzky's like, I don't really play video games because at the time when these were prevalent, I was winning Stanley Cups. Right. (laughs) We could go out and And, do things and it was fine. And or owning um, teams that I secretly love, but will just never get their shit together. (laughs) Oh, my coyotes. I, I, like most of the world forget that was a thing for the most part and then every once in a while i i remember and just kind of sit there and like stew on it and be like that was weird that was that's right up there with like the you know jordan with the wizards it's just like right (laughs) i and yet there's a whole generation of people where like that was their knowledge of michael jordan so they're like he wasn't that great i'm like what are you talking about he was still like (laughs) Like, Buckets Ahoy! Like, dude was really still pretty good, considering the fact that he's over the hill in sports terms. Yeah. Oh, boy. But speaking of sports, um, <laughs> so if you have been with us this long, or maybe you haven't, long story short, we've been in lockdown and things have been weird, but yet the lords of content have smiled upon the because... Um, I guess at this point, he's pretty much like a fixture on the show, even indirectly. But a Instagram user by the name of Chillwave Kittens has been putting together these playoff style brackets of different bands and different genres. So for instance, we've done, uh, we've done 2000s indie and we've had a lot of fun doing those. Um, we laughed, we cried. We fought each other a few times. (laughs) And today is the old school alternative bracket. And I also just want to say shout out uh, Chili of Kittens, which is the Instagram handle. Definitely check them out. They do great brackets. And it's all just honestly good fun. Mm -hmm. So there's no real like stakes on this. Like unless you want to bet on these, which (laughs) I don't (laughs) condone gambling, but. Hey, however you need to pass the time. Right. Just please don't name us when you get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, actually, I want to kick it over to you because I know this was sort of your bag as far as putting together the brackets. Because I figured it's a really quick way to, like, let people know, like, what was your process as far as, like, setting this up? This... This bracket in particular, like, the playlist was a really useful tool for me. Because right out of the gate, some of these bands just sort of happened before before me. Because some of these bands are from, like, the 70s and 80s. And, like, I was a baby. Or non-existent. My mom was a baby. That kind of shit. Oh, <laughs> Baby Bergie. So I put together a playlist that we will link to... Um, on our Spotify and yeah. So uh, I was basically the three either top streamed songs from that artist or the most popular, or there were a few times where I made executive decisions where I'm like, I'm not going to put three songs from the same album on there when this, this artist has multiple albums. That's stupid. So yeah, that was a super useful tool. 
this bracket was easier for me than some of the other ones that we've done. Oh, yeah. Um, that 2010s one, we nearly kill ourselves. Yes. <laughs> but I think part of the reason why this one ended up being easier was because there are so many bands that I don't necessarily have an emotional attachment to, but the bands that I do have an attachment to on this bracket, again, I keep saying this, like, they're some of my favorite fucking bands. So there are parts where this did cause me, like, anguish. But for the most part, right. this actually ended up being very fun. So, yeah. I know for a fact that the anguish on this one didn't come from me internally. But I know that once I make my decisions known, like, I know music fans and I know some of these bands are, oh, God, to even say influential would be an understatement. Yes. And I know what they mean for the entire landscape. Yes. So when I made some choices over the other, I know that there would be people who are listening who would be very upset. To which I tell you, um, I am at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> TLAT podcast. I run that. Ashley runs our Instagram, which is also TLAT podcast. We even have an email address, TLAT podcast at gmail.com. Just in case uh, the uh, character count. Uh, really straps you down. <laughs> um, please do so respectfully. I do implore you. But some of you I know are probably going to want to like talk to us about these because I made some choices that I'm not comfortable with. But I I know me, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry for the bands that I did not choose because they're actually the ones that'll get me in trouble. But as far as my actual picks, I do not apologize. So come at me, whoever would like to in a constructive manner thank you i i feel like for the most part i might actually be this might actually be the most fucking on brand that i am really because we were pretty on brand for the last one yeah this one's kind of (laughs) worse all right let's go see i'm really interested to figure out this one all right, so uh, I guess format-wise, you and I will uh, be structuring these episodes like the previous episodes that we've done, in which it will be split into two parts. We're going to be talking about the uh, right side of the or the left side of the bracket first, um, which we split up into what we're calling east and west. Those don't mean anything; they're just helpful ways for us to understand shit. Um, and then next episode, we will talk about the south and the midwest or the right side of the bracket and we will crown our champions so so let's start in the east round one first matchup radiohead and built to spill what and already you? already they're just kind of like you know chill <laughs> <laughs> like again and this is nothing but respect and admiration because these are great and you're pretty chill, as your name suggests. <laughs> but already, this is like, come on. Because Radiohead is Radiohead. That's all I need to say about that. Mm-hmm. Tom York's a goddamn genius. But Built the Spill, like, oh, I love them so much. Like, that's a good matchup. That's, that's the heat I want to see right off the gate. <laughs> no, this is the heat I want to see like two rounds from now. Oh, that's right, because we did have that before where, like, some of, like, these really good matchups happened in the first round. I was like, man, yes. I was not expecting some of these bands to get lopped off in the first, like, but you know what? Anybody can get hit, so. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can come catch these bracket hands. <laughs> uh, without going into a whole spiel, I just, I did advance Radiohead because I love Built to Spill, but as someone who's getting older and weirder, I really started to appreciate and understand what Radiohead was trying to do for me, even as a kid who didn't understand, but still appreciated it. So already I feel like I'm betraying myself because there was a time where I listened to nothing but built the spill, especially like freshman year of college. Okay. But Radiohead went forward. So <laughs> sorry, BTS. <laughs> Not to be confused with the um, <laughs> monolithic Korean pop band. <laughs> 
who so not to completely derail a fucking podcast but hi hello this is what we do here i i have recently become a big fan of the like muted words option on twitter (laughs) so i've just started like muting things that i don't want to hear about anymore and bts was the first thing i muted um not because i have any like ill will towards them they're fine they're really fun their fans are a lot and i just got so incredibly tired of seeing all of those like all of the comments on like things that have absolutely nothing to do with anything just all of the like k-pop retweets and bullshit it just pisses me off so much so yeah that was the first (laughs) thing i muted (laughs) so um i guess it's you're in charge of letting me know if something with bts happens because i won't know well, other than that tour, I was supposed to go uh, see with Eileen for our anniversary, and I was like, oh, yeah, they postponed that. Hmm. Yeah. The Alanis garbage Liz Fair show finally got canceled. So, so wait, are there rescheduled dates or no? Uh, TBD. Oh. Yeah. Because I need to see that. Yeah, so do I. Um, anyway, uh, sorry to bum us out. <laughs> Right? <laughs> um, so, it's Radiohead. Radiohead advances. Sorry, Built to Spill. Yes. I actually really like Built to Spill, but, like, it's Radiohead. They're absolutely, hands down, one of my favorite bands. And it's fairly well documented. I think I've talked about them on the show before. I think you did a few times. <laughs> They're a band that I think uh, the Chill Wave Kitten, the rankings, the album rankings... They're a band that I think that would be fun to do. I think it I would, would have to do a would deep dive on that one. Some anguish, but I think it would be fun. If that's the case, then we absolutely have to do it then. <laughs> so next up is one of those that I know there are people who are like, "What is wrong with Adrian? What did you do?" Okay. So so what next matchup is Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and Guided by Voices. Nick Cave is the obvious answer. Uh, sure. Because you know what it is? Like, I don't, I personally don't listen to a lot of Nick Cave. But anytime Nick Cave is on, I'm like, oh, dip. This is awesome. I need this in and around my ears. And I always forget to do so. But I know people who are like, their entire music career, sometimes even lifestyle, is kind of just based on his music for better or for worse. Got Up My Voices was basically ruined because of Zach Braff for me. <laughs> Did he use them for on a thing? Yeah, because much like with Garden State, like there was all this other like alternative and indie stuff he was super into, and like would find ways to pipe their music into like episodes of Scrubs. Because every time I heard "Hold On Hope," which was a song that got me through that same first year of college, like in a, in a real big bad way, now I just see Zach Braff's goofy face wearing you know medical scrubs. <laughs> See, and I didn't watch Scrubs, so I I don't have that like correlation with Zach Braff and a lot of these bands that probably other people do. So I'm, I'm sorry so about bad. that. <laughs> but at the same time, Hold On Hope Alone, and then that kind of was a gateway to other Guided by Voices songs, and they're so great. And I'm so sad that I didn't get to see them live, but. I chose them over Nick Cave, which is weird because Nick Cave, as far as just personality wise, is definitely more in my wheelhouse, but I don't know. I, I just, I love me some GBV. So you advanced Guided by Voices? Yeah. Okay. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like Nick Cave. Um, I like, I don't have a particular affinity for either of these bands. Like, I like both of them fine. But I don't have any real emotional attachment to them. I like the dude from God by Voices voice better than Nick Cave's voice, which I know is kind of blasphemy, but uh. But knowing you and your appreciation for like vocal skills, like in Nick Cave and maybe this is like the worst thing, I don't see him as a singer in a way, as much as I do like some of the God by Voices because it's adequate, but it's really the voice with the music and just their whole style that like really makes them really, really cool. Cause it's like that mystique around the band. Mm-hmm. 
But if you're going strictly by vocal range, then of course Guided by Voices would win in a landslide. Well, and Guided by Voices is more of that, is more of like a general indie rock sound that I, I tend to like more than like Nick Cave just kind of feels this this will get me dragged. Sorry. I apologize in advance, but I also stand by it. Nick Cave just kind of feels like discount Tom Waits to me. Mm. <laughs> In that, like, a lot of his stuff is just, it seems like it's just trying to be weird for the sake of weird. But I can maybe see where you're going with that. Like, if we were talking about him, then by all means. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just, I didn't, I don't feel Nick Cave as much as a lot of people do. Yeah. And, you know, no hatred. Because again, people were into him more, like really into him. And I respect it. But like you said, I'd rather listen to Tom Waits. Yep. For real. Because Tom Waits is awesome. Yes. (laughs) So this next matchup was, is one of those, again, where like, I like one band, but not the other. So this was pretty simple for me. This was uh, Neutral Milk Hotel versus Spiritualized. Uh, what did you uh, have? Neutral milk. Like, okay. That was I, I hit the check button so fast. I think I double tapped and then <laughs> unselected it. It's like, oh shoot, I made a mistake. Let me do this again. <laughs> like, there's just there's no there's there's no comparison here. I'm sorry. Um, and I actually spiritualized was a band I wasn't super familiar with, and in listening to a few of their songs, like they're fine. I liked them, but it's Neutral Milk Hotel. I mean. Neutral Milk Hotel did in an airplane over the sea. So. Which, if that was the only album ever, like, in existence. Yeah. It still hit. It's so good. It's so good. And for years, I was like, why is everybody so into this band? Like, they can't be that good. And literally, they just handed me, like, a CD. I was like, bitch, listen to this, please. (laughs) Took me two hours to get my soul back into my body. But that's a different story. And they do have other albums that are are good. I may not have connected with them in the same way, but they definitely do have other albums that are worth your time and effort. On Avery Island is really fucking good. It doesn't hit the same exact way, but it's still really good. So if you are one of those people that's only listened to you in an, in the airplane over the sea, give that other album a chance. See if you like it. You might. So, um, yeah. Neutral Milk Hotel. Sorry, spiritualized. <laughs> um, and then the last matchup in the East, in the first round, we have Susie and the Banshees and the Stone Roses. This one actually kind of hurt a little bit. What'd you do? I like the Stone Roses a lot. I've kind of realized that's one of those bands that I never realized I did mm-hmm. until, for some reason, um, one of the New York stations had played them a lot. For a time, because I don't know why they did, but it was like, well, we <laughs> the Stone Roses are like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> and at first, I'm like, eh, not really my thing. But then I just really got into them. But Susie and the Banshees is Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. And they are freaking rad. Well, and again, it comes back to like Susie and the Banshees walked so that literally an entire generation of like female rock singers that i idolize and adore could run which by the way um total aside i know there's a lot of asides but i think this is important if y'all aren't following like garbage like you know the band garbage on instagram do so because shirley manson's been putting on like this master class of like these appreciation posts for some bands and some artists, some of them a little more obscure than others. God, because I, I think she did mention someone in relation to Susie and the Banshees that while never, while they didn't necessarily make the same impact that they did, mm-hmm. are still influential in their own right. And it's been really educational and just kind of uplifting and just having her break these artists down. And I think it's really nice to that, you know, that she's been doing this because it's, we need more stuff like this, honestly. And they're a band that I never would have heard of or listened to uh, if it weren't for Garbage. If it weren't for Shirley back in the 90s being like, this is an artist that directly influenced our sound in the way that I that I exist. Because that made me curious and want to go back and listen. And yeah, I, I can see it and I'm here fucking for it. 
which isn't to downplay the Stone Roses in any way. They're great. Their self-titled album's really, really good. Uh, I think it's the one that they're honestly the most famous for. And they're one of those, like, pillar bands as far as, like, indie rock music. But, like, I put Susie and the Banshees forward. Yeah, and that was kind of a no-brainer. And I think that garbage connection... And this is one of the many reasons why I love Shirley, especially in just the rest of the band is they could easily be like, Hey, we're us, buy our stuff, listen to our music, cool. Mm-hmm. But are they just really go out of their way to wear their influences on their sleeve and just to let everybody know like we may perform music, but we are also inspired by others and they do great work too, which I feel like is something that shouldn't feel so alien in this industry, but it's really refreshing. So thank you, Shirley, for putting us on the Susie way back when and <laughs> continually weirding out my parents. <laughs> um, all right. So we are in the West now. I just realized I don't think I've ever heard this band's name pronounced. It's the Coteau Twins. Yeah. Is it wrong that I don't really listen to them or the competitor broadcast? <laughs> um. Broadcast wasn't, it was a band that I had never heard of, uh, to be perfectly honest. And the Coteau Twins, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce that. Uh, anyway, they're a band that, like, I have mostly come in contact with via, like, soundtracks. So, yeah, this was a matchup that I fortunately, like, I'm not super well versed in either of these bands. So I kind of just picked the one that I knew a little bit more about and the Coteau Twins move forward. I think I went broadcast. I don't know why I did. (laughs) Okay. And I knew flat out once I saw the rest of the bands on this bracket, this is terrible of me. I'm like, none of these bands are going this far. So honestly, the next matchup they're getting, they're getting tossed out. So I just kind of went with broadcast. Okay. Fair enough. The next matchup, this one, this one hurt me a little bit. Um, Cause these are two bands that I actually really like. Uh, It's uh, my bloody Valentine and dinosaur junior. Uh, what did you do here? Again, this was one of those. I, I knew my choice was going to piss off a lot of people because my bloody Valentine is, you want to talk about influential. Yeah. There are very few bands that Ashley and I listen to in our lifetime that have not cited them in some way. Mm-hmm. But I also appreciate Dinosaur Jr. for just making like alternative rock for dark asses like me. Yes. Like, Dinosaur Jr. walks so, like, early Good Weezer could run. <laughs> Man, I miss Good Weezer. You and I, I feel like you and I have talked a lot about Weezer recently. And at some point, we should probably put those thoughts to Mike. Yes, we absolutely should. Because Weezer has become that friend that I think, like, a mutual friend that we both have that we want so much for. <laughs> and yet, it just they just seem to keep getting worse. But They're just a hot damn mess. Yeah. <laughs> But that new song really does kind of slap, though. I like it a lot. I don't think I've heard it. I think he said this to me, I think and I didn't listen to it. <laughs> She's like, Adrian, don't send me this <laughs> Don't do this to me. Like, I send you good music throughout the day. Why would you send me Weezer? Like, break out of here, please. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, My Bloody Valentine is a great band, and I do like them a lot. And, I, and not even just like, I respect them because there's a lot of bands I may not listen to like on a regular basis, but I respect what they've done for their various scenes and just the culture in general. But Dinosaur Jr., I listened to a lot for a while and I really dig them and they're just fun and it's not funny. And I just, I went Dinosaur Jr., but again, I feel like I'm betraying myself because a lot of these bands that I should be listening to more because I know me. Like, I'm picking the polar opposite. What's happening? <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I did choose My Bloody Valentine, and I felt bad about it. Not because I... How do I put this? Like, that that shoegaze, like, dream pop shit is my scene, like, so mm-hmm. much. So, of course, I put them forward, because, like, this is one of those bands that, like, invented that fucking shit. But I really do like Dinosaur Jr. And I felt really bad that they were one of those bands that just unfortunately got cut in the first round. So I'm glad one of us moved them forward. <laughs> Someone had to. So I'm glad we picked it. <laughs> and also, I just want to point out, 
there are a few bands on these lists that we've flat out been like, no. Yeah. It's just a matter of some of them we just feel stronger than others. Because I know I've seen these kind of brackets been done online and they get very ugly because people are like, these bands are trash. And I'm like, these bands are not trash. I'm like, your band would even exist if it weren't for this one. So relax. Exactly. But, oh, yeah. Sorry, MBV. <laughs> well, they'll be fine. <laughs> so this. Will they? This, do we know that? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> so this next matchup, this next matchup made me laugh as somebody who kind of knows the history between these two bands and how they fucking hate each other. Yeah, this was like... This made me laugh a lot. Uh, so the next matchup here in the West is Oasis and Blur. <laughs> this is... I made a mistake. I did not make a mistake. I feel very solid in my choice. I don't have strong feelings about Oasis. I think I think they're mediocre as shit. And I really like Blur. So Blur was like an easy move forward for me. Like, Damon Albarn is that dude who just keeps coming back. Yes. And keeps finding ways to reinvent himself. And, you know, again, I knew him from Blur, and of course, by the time I was aware of them was like, you know, Song 2 era Blur, which is fine. Yes. So I didn't have that, like, history with him that a lot of people did. And, you know, the Gorillas alone and his other projects, like, Hell dude, yes. it's just, and like an absolute idiot. And please, Ashley, <laughs> I can't even be mad if you drag me. <laughs> I strictly went by Damon from this era. Because I did listen to Oasis more than I did Blur. Okay. And I know, I know, I know. Because musically, I think they're they're competent. But I've, in looking back, I'm like, I did think the only reason Oasis really lasted that long was the fact that for some reason, well, one, we kept comparing them to the Beatles, yep. which I don't understand. Stupid, yeah. I think it had just was the haircuts. <laughs> like, they both had crappy haircuts and they were British. That's as far as it went. <laughs> And then on top of that, like, we've spent most of the 90s watching these two fight. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I feel like Oasis stayed in the zeitgeist longer just because they kept being assholes to people and and causing drama. And I just never understood, like, either make music together or don't make music together. And you could have done it separately, but you also know you would not make as much money or gain as much popularity separated. Exactly. So just get together. Make some pretty decent music. Because I will say, when Oasis was on, they were on. But, you know, the albums could be hit or miss. But, like, why was it so complicated? Why are we, We're still going through this. Yeah. That's the dumb shit, too. It's like, almost 30 years later, we're still fucking doing this shit. Where they get along, and then they don't. And then they get along, and they don't. And it's just... I, I, I have no fucking time for it. I just think it's childish and dramatic and stupid. And like, like at least from Metallica, the dude, the dude from Blur is not without his own dramatics because I know he can be a little difficult to work with, but like, oh, he produces good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like Edward Norton, where like you know there was an era where he was known for being like, yeah, really hard to deal with, but yet he usually put out like a master performance, so people I think were willing to sort of put up with it, mm-hmm. but. My God, he's so talented. And for the most part, I think he's relaxed as of late. Yeah. I should have, I should have advanced Blur. And I'm so sorry, Damon, but <laughs> Oasis went forward. Um, also, like, Coffee and TV is just one of my favorite songs in existence. I don't really know why. It's, it's just like one of those, like, perfect little 90s songs that just makes my heart smile. Every time I hear but it. But also, let's not act like Champion Supernova is one of the best sing-along songs of the 90s. <laughs> I will take that any day and twice on Sunday. I you, I don't ever need to hear Wonderwall again. Seriously. Okay, Wonderwall, fine. But Champagne Supernova, still a great single. Sam- <laughs> Champagne Supernova. That's right, I'm sorry, Supernova. <laughs> you mispronounced it. Okay, so the last... Matchup. Why was this? Why was this even a thing? Why was this even a thing? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I've never clicked a button so fast in my whole entire fucking life. 
Uh, so the last matchup in the first round of the West <laughs> is uh, Slow Drive and Beck. And I slammed on that Beck button so hard, so fast. <laughs> I don't even know what the other name was. Like, the other <laughs> name could have been Coheed and Cambria, and I probably would have still slapped Beck. <laughs> Ah, Coheed would be a weird choice on this bracket, but okay. I get what you're Honestly, saying. I might actually have to hit up my dude Chill Waves again at some point point. be like, bro, I need you to do your magic again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. That's happening at some point. Oh, that sounds very stressful. Anyway. Um... <laughs> but it's Beck. It's Come Beck. on. Let's, let's, yeah. let's go through this dude's, what, 20, 25, damn near 30-year career? We don't have time. I know we don't have time, but like, uh. yeah. Spoiler alert: future episode will be well. We will have a future episode about Beck. It may be two or three episodes, to be perfectly honest. It could be a whole other podcast. We we might just record until our vocal cords fucking fall out of our faces talking about Beck and how great he is because it's Beck. So yeah, I don't. I I know I put some slow, some slow on here and like whatever, but like eh. anyway. Beck. <laughs> Get it the heck out of here. <laughs> All right, here here's the part of the show where I have to remember stuff, so this is always fun. You and I, so this is the first matchup in the Sweet 16 in the, the second round. You and I both had Radiohead and Guided by Voices. What did you do? Um, this was a choice that was actually not as difficult as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I went Radiohead because like this is tough because God, my voice is great, uh-huh. but Radiohead is Radiohead, and I almost feel, in no disrespect to Chillwave, Chillwave, you're awesome. Yeah. But putting someone like Radiohead on this list is like, who's really going to go toe-to-toe with them, at least not in the matchups that we have so far? Maybe Beck? And I don't want to say that. Put a pin in that thought, I guess. It's the moral of that story. What is very funny to me, you and I both done it. You, neither of us has really gone into detail about Radiohead, and we've both just said Radiohead is Radiohead. And because that's, how do you explain exactly? Them? And it, that's that's not to be dismissive of Radiohead at all. Radiohead is that scene in Mean Girls where it's like, how do you begin to describe Regina George? Like that is Radiohead because that's a band you just you have to experience. You can't tell somebody about it. You can't even listen to it, like, in the background. You really just have to, like, that Tom DeLonge, like, light <laughs> candles and <laughs> turn off your lights. and Yeah, you have to wait for a full moon, sit by a lake with a candle, and a raven comes by to see you. Like, it's just <laughs> And the raven's like, caca, and he drops the CD. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for Thank kidding. Thank you, Raven. <laughs> They're just, and oh my god, because every album, much like Beck, they really just, every album's a different experience. You can't go into, like, Kid A thinking you're going to get OK Computer Part 2. It's like, you know, you can't listen to, like, King of Limbs thinking you're going to get, you know, and Rain- like, it's just, there's so many, just every album's a different experience in and of itself. Every album's a different experience, but yet they're all cohesive. There's not another fucking band in this world that sounds like Radiohead, despite Coldplay's best effort. But even they stopped after, like, the first one and a half hours. They're like, oi, we ain't gonna be able to do this, governor. Sorry, I don't know what Chris Martin sounds <laughs> he like. He sounds exactly like that, and I applaud you for a great impersonation. <laughs> I'm so good at impressions. I, I know. know. Like that. It just, it's a gift. Uh, but, yeah. It's, it like... Again, like we're not trying to be dismissive of Radiohead. It they're just one of those bands that like I don't I don't know how to talk about them. Um I the first time I went to see them, it was an outdoor show and after they ended, like my friends were trying to get me to like go to the car. I just stood there and stared in the direction of the stage and just like as you say, like my my soul floated above my body for like a half an hour. My friends were so pissed at me. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm like, how do you walk away from a Radiohead show, like, unfazed? I just, they're they're just one of those bands that means the fucking world to me. And they mean the world to a lot of people, like, in a very weird way. And if you've spent any time dealing with, like, indie music people, 
you are going to run into those people that are like diehard Radiohead fans that are kind of almost snotty about it. And they're not right because you, you don't need to be a brat like that. But at the same time, like it might be a little bit right. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, they might be right, but it's like, how do you say the things about Radiohead to the uninitiated with either not sounding like you're super pretentious or you've also done like a ton of mushrooms. Yeah. You just got to take that trip for yourself and see where you land. Honestly, that's probably the the best thing I can say about Radiohead is pop in an album, see where it takes you. If you feel something cool, if you feel nothing, that's also cool. If you feel everything, welcome to the club. <laughs> if you feel nothing, uh, weirdly enough, try another Radiohead album. <laughs> no, because even the ones I thought I would feel nothing for, like, you know, when Kid A came out, that was like a world event. Uh-huh. I'll never forget that. When Amnesiac came out, it felt like there wasn't as much fanfare. So I think to me, it was like, this album doesn't hit as much. Oh, Until it does. one day when I was like, but then when it hit, it hits. And that's one of those things. Like you can listen to a Radiohead album for years, not think much of anything. You get that right moment. All of a sudden it's like, it's, it's nuts. And that was me with Pablo Honey, which is their first album. I got into them a little bit later. So I, and again, I think that first album came out like 1994. So I would've been like seven years old. So yeah, Pablo Honey was one of those that I didn't connect with immediately. But just one day, I sat down and listened to it because I'm like, I feel like I haven't given this album enough of a chance. And just like something clicked. And it is one of my favorite Radiohead albums. I, yeah. So I don't know. We managed to say some stuff about Radiohead other than Radiohead is Radiohead. Big arm waves. So good for us. We did it. Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. What was happening? Oh, uh, we have to go through the rest of this bracket. <laughs> okay, because that's how it was a Radiohead. You're like, wait, what was I doing before this? <laughs> Did I even exist before this? Have... Did Radiohead birth me? <laughs> to put my soul back in my body and figure it out. Where soul meets body. We already talked about that. <laughs> I will melt your heart. We did that last time. That music video is very cute, by the way. It is. Yes. Uh-huh. So the next... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I waited because I knew it was coming. You yeah, you kind of had to go through the whole thing. I'm sorry. They're trying to break halfway through. It's like, Ben Gibbard is not pleased with me. That's all right. He's pre-canceled. <laughs> I love how this is a running gag that no one else will find funny other than us. <laughs> It's so messed up. We're still waiting for it, and yet it has not come. One day, one day, I will be vindicated. No, see, why would you say that? I, I even left you space for it. Come on, you disappointed me there. Uh, <laughs> no, I was gonna sing it, but then I'm like, I haven't had enough coffee for that yet. I'm still at soul beat. I'm still at. <laughs> you do need to be at like excitement level, like at least nine or above for that to do it proper justice. <laughs> Yeah, because there's no way you could be like vindicated. I am selfish, because you gotta scream that. Like you gotta like just let the caraba flow through you, <laughs> and you will blow our levels if you do that. So yeah, and I'm also not trying to ruin what listenership. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Steering this car back on the road. Next matchup sure. is. Uh, Neutral Milk Hotel and CC and the Banshees. I'm interested to see what you did here. I disappointed myself. Yeah? I should have went Susie. You went Neutral Milk Hotel? I, sh- I'm I not, went Neutral I'm Milk Hotel. I'm not mad at it. Because I think, I think you and I probably went through something similar with this in that one band is a band that you and I are, are just sort of more familiar with, but the other band has got so much like lore and respect around them. And sort of the choice ended up being like trying to weigh those two things out. Right. Okay. And especially since the fact that some of these matchups, they don't quite overlap in terms of the era in which they were prevalent, Mm -hmm. which also made it tough because some of the stuff it's like I experienced as it was first happening. Some of it was after the fact. Some of them I didn't get into until much later. So it's like I had to try to find a way to reconcile those different parts of myself, which is very difficult in a bracket like this. Yeah. I feel like I had that problem more so um, 
on the other side of the bracket. So you went Nutrimilk Hotel. I ended up going Susie and the Banshees. Probably the better choice. <laughs> I felt better about it. They put out more music. And I know Nutrimilk Hotel, part of that is because, like, I think that dude just... I, so I'm so sorry. I know his first name. I know his name, but I can't think of it right now because my brain is mush. I know their lead singer had some issues with, like, anxiety and, like, just basically, like, super duper not really wanting to be famous and not finding the rock star life that enjoyable. So they kind of quit being a thing. So, yeah, there's less of a catalog to work with there. But, like, um, Susie Banshees have been making music for the better part of, like, almost 30 years and... It's great, and it's, they still they still continue to be influential. And at the end of the day, I just I might listen to more Neutral Milk Hotel on a regular basis, but like I just felt better putting Susie and the Banshees forward. That is very fair and very well put out because you articulated it in a way that I don't think I could have. And that, my friend, is the power of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is where I have to use my powers of memory. Uh, you had Broadcast and Dinosaur Jr. as your first matchup, or your first your first second Western, round matchup like, in the West. Yeah, the Sweet 16. Yeah. I went Dinosaur Jr. Okay. I mean, that's kind of to be expected. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of like, this one was a no-brainer for me. Like, this was a pretty easy choice. But I also know that the next one was nearly as tough as I was thinking it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I had the the Coteau Twins and My Bloody Valentine and My Bloody Valentine Advance. That was a, a fairly easy choice for me because, again, one of these bands I am super familiar with and I enjoy the other one not so much. And it's not that they're bad. No, not at all. I just am less familiar with their music. So, uh, And then here's where things get interesting. So you and I had, no, you and I had different things. Um, mm-hmm. You had Oasis and Beck, right? And I had Blur and Beck in the most '90s battle of all time. <laughs> so what did you do here? Uh, one, I didn't struggle as much, okay, because I honestly thought that this would be somehow like difficult. But I know in the back of my mind, like even in the front of it, I should have went Blur. And obviously it's back, so I'm a huge fan. So I think half of it was almost like like just trying to avenge Blur. Mm-hmm. But Oasis, you know, they are entertaining, but they 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 don't hold a candle to Beck. No, they don't even hold a cigarette lighter, honestly, or a match. <laughs> There's no real comparison here, and I'm sorry to Oasis fans, but Beck, of course Beck went forward. Like y'all know me. <laughs> <laughs> and if I I feel like Blur and Beck should have been a little bit closer of a matchup um, because they sort of have similar trajectories of like continuing to make cool music that people like but not really giving a flying fuck whether people like it or not that is absolutely perfect and that's so very true but I like Beck better. <laughs> so I moved back forward. Uh, even just on fucking Hyperspace alone. I I grew to love that album so much. The fact that Beck is this good this far into his career is nuts. But also, he's not going to put out an album unless he absolutely feels it necessary to. Uh-huh. Which is something that I know is not always possible when it comes to artistic freedom in a, a band. Especially where, you know, contracts exist, excuse me, especially where contracts exist or maybe just a different mindset. But it's been a minute since we've had a Beck album, and yet they never disappoint. And you've got to, you've got to hit a point in which you can do that. Like, you've got to prove yourself and establish yourself as an artist before that freedom is really given to you. And... And I'm glad that Beck has reached that that plateau. Because and that also had to come with the fact... I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. No, because I was going to say, a lot of that, too, though, was when Odelay came out. I mean, Mellow Gold was popular, and of course, you know, Loser was a minor hit. Yeah. That still gets played fairly regularly on rock radio. Yes. But when Odelay came out, like, he was everywhere that 
year and the following year. And, you know, of course, the question always is, and it's unfortunate, but they do it all the time. It's like the, oh, what are you doing for a follow-up? Because, you know, like there is always an expectation of, are they going to basically try to replicate that success? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, his next album, we know what it's going to sound like. He's going to be more of this. And then he comes out with mutations. Yeah. Which is like acoustic, you know, love of like bossa nova. And it's just a very stripped down experience. And it sold well. And I remember doing very well. Mm-hmm. And people are like, what the frig is this? I thought he was going <laughs> to do like where it's at and loser. And then he's like, all right, cool. You know what? I'll switch it up next time. You're like, oh, thank God. I'm going to make an album based off of like 70s funk and disco. Oh, my God. And that like, album was so much. And you're like, <laughs> what? You just, you, we were just like, it, what is, what is this trajectory we're in? And talking about Radiohead, you know, it's that subverting expectation and just doing things that you just have to experience because anytime you get a back album, you're going to get something different. Yeah. And then dude follows up the funk album with like this acoustic album that is like heart wrenching. Like, what is my dude? Like who, who, like, what are you back? Not even who are you? What are you? Because he is not of this earth. No, he's not. He and Tom York were from warring nations of aliens. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) They don't have beef though. They're friends. (laughs) Okay. So. All right, so you have, so we are now in the Elite Eight portion. You had Radiohead and Neutral Milk Hotel? Mm-hmm. Okay. What did you do here? I like Neutral, Neutral Milk Hotel a lot, but I also realized that I didn't spend as much time with their discography as a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. And Radiohead, again, this is, we just went on a great a detail about why we enjoy Radiohead. After all these years, I'm still finding new things to enjoy about them and some things to not enjoy even. So this one was kind of a no-brainer. Radiohead went forward. Yeah. Good. You answered that one correctly. I'm very proud of wow. you. <laughs> uh, I had Radiohead and Susie and the Banshees. And this is one where respect and clout only get you so far. And Wow. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, as much as I respect Susie and the Banshees, I really do. They they happened they happened before before me, um, so mm-hmm. I didn't connect with them as much. And whereas Radiohead, yeah, they started kind of before I was listening to music, but like they're just one of those like pillar bands for me. So yeah, I moved Radiohead forward. I probably should feel bad about it, but I don't, so it's fine. <laughs> And then you had Dinosaur Jr. and Beck? Am I yeah. bring that correctly? Okay. It was Beck. It's, there, there was no contest here. Yeah. <laughs> and I think something's happening here with you and I. Like, this is, this is now becoming a race. <laughs> I love this so much. I really do. Like, now I'm realizing what's happening. And I'm like... Yeah, we are so us. It's not even funny. <laughs> uh, remember a couple of rounds ago when I told you to put a pin in that whole uh, Radiohead and yep. Beck thing? Yeah, that was why. Uh, and now we're here. <laughs> uh, because my last matchup was My Bloody Valentine and Beck. And I, again, I enjoy both these bands. I enjoy My Bloody Valentine immensely. I love Beck to death. But like Beck is one of those that like it was a super easy move forward for me. Um, which gets us to Radiohead and Beck. And yeah, this was not this, cool. All yeah, that. this is where the stress happens. And, yeah. So, uh. <laughs> um, for me, this came down to, this came down to a little bit of nostalgia goggles for me. Um, I've seen Radiohead a few times live. Um, they're a band that's sort of been like weirdly intertwined with my like late teens and early twenties in a way that Beck was not. So I ended up moving Radiohead into the championship, but I feel bad about it. But I also, when doing this, got to this point and I'm like, I feel like Adrian's bracket is going to come down to these two bands 
and that he's going to move back forward. So I don't feel as bad about not doing it. No, it's okay because I know <laughs> you and I also know me and I know us. Yes. <laughs> and we basically went on a trajectory that I, I kind of saw coming from the beginning. Uh-huh. I just wanted to know if there were any curveballs, but in, the fact that we kind of read ourselves down yeah. isn't the worst idea, but at the same time, it is really interesting just to watch this happen in somewhat of real time. <laughs> I feel like the other side of the bracket is where you and I are going to, where it's going to get a little bit more interesting. Oh, yeah. I just looked at that list. My God. <laughs> so, in the matchup of Radiohead versus Beck, what did you do? I, I had to go back. Okay. Like Radiohead, I've always been aware of and listened to and enjoyed. But my awakening with Radiohead didn't happen until I was much older. Mm-hmm. Like they were always there in my peripheral, but yet it wasn't really until, like I said, I graduated high school and got into like that perfect age range where like something like Radiohead just suddenly makes sense to you for some reason. Yes. Which was awkward because just as I'm now getting into like Radiohead, I'm also like rocking heavily with blink 182's self-titled album so it's like reconciling my you know <laughs> trash pop punk life with <laughs> this now uber pretentious art student that i was becoming who just quote quote got radiohead despite having only really listened to kid a like 20 times <laughs> But Beck just hits on all cylinders. And as someone who loves so many different genres and styles of music, and I think it's actually a shame that people try to kind of come at Beck with this whole, like, you know, critique of appropriation. But I feel like people who A, use that are usually the ones who tend to appropriate themselves, not going to lie. And also, there's a difference between appropriation and appreciation. Well, and Beck has never gone out of his way to say that he and he's always talking about his influences and the music styles that he's into. And he's never made himself out to be like he's somehow the like arbiter, the inventor of this stuff. It's just stuff that he finds interesting. And I think you and I have talked about this actually on mic before. When Beck wants to create a a funk influenced album, he goes to funk artists to help him record it. Like he goes to the source of that music, that sound instead of, instead of actually being appropriated, which is respectful as shit. Like, right. (laughs) He could just have whatever the fuck a studio, studio musicians play, whatever. And that'd be fine. But he goes that extra step to find somebody who, who lives and breathes that shit. And that is their truth to sort of help him find his way in it. And I appreciate and respect that a ton. Absolutely. And he, for the most part, doesn't really ride waves. No. And by the same token, even when he does go out to these other artists, he's not writing the music as, you know, a lot of it is, you know, what would this sound like through the lens of Beck? Because if you listen to all these albums in a row, it's still Beck. Like, he's still there. Nothing's really changed, but it's just, it's cool how... It's like almost like Doctor Who, where it's like every season there's a, a regeneration and there's things that are different, but yet through it all, you can still see the Doctor in each of these different iterations. And it's just really cool. Oh, I killed Ashley and I overly nerded out there. <laughs> I that is Doctor Who in music form. I've never watched Doctor Who. <laughs> so I believe you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think this, this, the east and west side of this bracket went according to plan. North and south might kill us. I am intrigued to see what happens on the other side. Cause I think the other side is where, where it gets interesting. Oh boy. And, um, as usual, you and I managed to be as on brand as possible. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to us Yay. for being consistent. <laughs> We're going to end this episode now. But before we do that, um, you can find us on Twitter, TLAT Podcast, where you will talk to Adrian. Hi. Instagram, TLAT Podcast, where you will talk to me. Hi, I'm Ashley. We have an email address. It is TLATPodcast at gmail.com. Yes, I did have to click out of my window to look at a post-it note in which I put it on my desktop. That is amazing. I will I never it. remember it, and I don't know why. 
Um, <laughs> we are on uh, Google Music, uh, Apple shit. I don't have Apple. I don't know what that stuff is called. Uh, <laughs> Stitcher. Uh, generally, most streaming platforms. If we are not on your favorite platform, let us know, and we will look into uh, getting our shit on there. Right. Um, adrianhasissues.com slash T-L-A-T podcast I think is the website absolutely and that is all I'm done advertising for us (laughs) I refuse to be a shill in the corporate cog anymore that sentence doesn't make any sense you guys I am so tired I'm keeping Uh, that in This episode is over now. I need to go uh, drink more coffee. Uh, goodbye, and we love you. Bye. For more great podcasts, visit adrianhasissues.com.